Chichi, what's going on, my man? How's it going today, brother? I'll tell you how. What's it's today? Going. Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. I'll tell you how it's going. I'm freezing my pishkad off over here. <laughs> it's 38 degrees. <laughs> on just for context, on Long Island, on Saturday I got a sunburn. It was 82. It's 38 degrees. I called my oil burner guy yesterday, and I'm like, <laughs> "You got to get over here, bro. I don't got anything going on in here. I'm gonna have to fire it up." <laughs> It's so Dude. cold. Macy went outside, did her business, and then just ran upstairs back to bed with Jess and went under the covers. I was like, Dude, oh. so, so, so tell me this, though. Like, so you have your own oil burner guy on the side. I, I don't, I've never heard of that before. Who's, a, who, who's your oil burner guy? It's Family Fuel. They're, they're, they're a mom and pop organization here on Long Island. <laughs> they're very nice people. This guy showed up in like 19 inches of snow once, and he's like, Did he really? oh, make sure you got your heat. And I'm like, family fuel all the way. Good, <laughs> good business, good people there. Oh, my God, um, it's so good. Yeah, what's it's going so on with you? We started a little I just, late today. Because yeah, we're starting a little late. Yeah, because I came out to my setup, and my computer's gone. So um, And I know who the culprit is, my, my 13-year-old daughter, <laughs> Jillian. The culprit is my 13-year-old daughter, Jillian, has found old videos on my laptop, and she just watches them, which I love, but I also would love my computer to be back where she grabbed it. So this morning, I'm getting on, bro. I'm running around the house. I'm yelling to Sarah, have you seen my computer? You know, and I finally tracked it down. It was under some papers, too, so it was like, uh, you know, not easy to go. But. Wait, so, wait, she doesn't have her own? Laptop? You don't get. Yeah, you know what? It, nowadays the kids all have the Chromebook. I like a good Chromebook here and there. So she's got a Chromebook for like eighth grade, but she doesn't do anything on that. But oh, school, she's yeah, in eighth grade, yeah, she doesn't get that. Yeah, she doesn't know. You give her cell phone. Dude, well, she just got a phone. It's probably the worst <laughs> thing we've ever done. Matter of fact, it's my fourth kid. I literally, I thought to myself the other day, like, am I this bad of a parent? I'm the fourth. She's my fourth kid. I've seen the treachery and 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 uh Debauchery. addiction that yeah that that those other phones have done to my three kids and i remember thinking <laughs> let's give jill in her phone when she gets to college <laughs> so dude you, you give into the social thing all the parents out there i know you're listening yeah. all the kids are like they, she put together a presentation for me one day for me and her mom about why she should get a cell phone oh yeah why she should <laughs> get a cell phone that's good. It was like a 20 minute presentation. I was like, that's actually really good. I think that's that persuaded me. But <laughs> dude, it's incredible, dude, because they like snap they they do they do Snapchat. Chance, you never see anything like it, dude. You you don't Snapchat, right? Obviously. Yeah, you can change faces and face swap and No, all. no, dude. Oh, no, they like take like part. dude, my daughter takes like a hundred some pictures a day. Oh, no way. Yeah, like just of her forehead or ear. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing here? I go, is this how you guys, is this how you and your friends communicate? It's unbelievable. It's freaking ridiculous. So anyway, I, I've, I, I digress because I feel like a terrible dad. Every time she's not talking, I had to tell her in the morning, I say, listen, you need to get your breakfast, make your lunch, do the dishes before that phone 
even comes out. So we're we're I, in a little bit of a battle right now. So we'll see what happens. I agree. By the way, if you hear a little murmur in the in, in the back of my sound, it's because I have the oil. I have the heat up to like nine hundred degrees. So I apologize. Do you, really? if you hear a little murmur in the background here because I'm in the basement. The oil burners in the other room here in the, in the, in the, in the studio. Um, all right, <laughs> we could go on. I, I could have this entire conversation about the entire technological world we live in right now. It's that I am not a fan of. Although my entire career now is based off of my computer, so how yeah. Well, dude, if you use it, if you if you use it as a tool, yeah. that's good. If you use it and it takes your time, you are a tool. That's how I look at it. Oh, that's well done. <laughs> that's good. You got to put that in your next uh, sound. Yeah, it's true. If you use it for as a tool, good. If you use yeah. it and it takes all of your time. You're well, then you're a tool. All right, I'm going to write that down. Okay, let's get into this <laughs> baseball game. It was really good last night. Uh, we were talking right before we came on. I, I contend first. Let's just start here. I think this was the first game of the series where, even though there were kind of a little bit of ebb and flow, it seemed like the Rangers were in control. Even game one, Rangers weren't fully in control of that game. They had to come back and hit the, the huge homers. This one, I feel like I was like, I think the Rangers are going to win this game in like the second inning i just have that feeling you, you feel the same way or uh yeah when when seager hit that homer for me what was that that was in the uh uh what, what inning was that three run third inning third inning yeah they scored three in the third and it was something about the game i felt like scherzer was pitching pretty well too you know i didn't i didn't know he was going to come out with an injury but but at that point i'm like man something feels right about texas tonight yeah, and uh, Arizona just couldn't get things going. They, you know, they got they got the one they got the one moment going when Christian Walker, you know, uh, Fam's on another planet right now. Tommy Fam, he is so hot; it's incredible. Right yeah, and you know, he got that hit to right, and I, it looked like Walker wasn't sure if it was going to get down or not. Kind of came in three quarters in the third, and then the third base coach was sending him, and then held him up, and Walker kind of put his head down. Yeah, like like Walker said, it was an honest mistake, you know what I mean? And then got ended up getting thrown out the plate. It. So owned it, you know. Yeah, should have could have. Well said. He goes, that kind of killed our momentum a little. And yeah, no, no, no fault, man. You're just playing hard. I get it. Yeah, it happens. It stunk, it stunk for them. That was a big one. But uh, I'm gonna rip through uh, Sarah Langs, who we always give credit to. She's the yeah, one love of you, the, Sarah. One of the yes. greatest baseball statisticians of our generation. I yeah, she did this awesome, awesome article. I'm giving her full credit for it because it's like, what's it called? Nine fun facts from game three. It's just so good. It's so good. So I'm going to rip through these and we'll pick some out. Okay. Okay, cool. First one, the win was Texas's ninth on a road, setting the record for most road wins in a single postseason. Number two, the Rangers are now nine and oh, when scoring first this postseason postseason. That's interesting. Number three, they're talking about the uh, Garcia Walker play. Here's the thing about Garcia's throw: ninety-four point nine, ninety-four point nine from the outfield. Wow, that is a uh, I think the second fastest ever in World Series history. Seager's homer, as we talked about, bomb. He now has eighteen playoff home runs, tying tying Carlos Correa for second wow. most as a shortstop. Yeah, and you got you got to remember all those years Corey Seager was with the Dodgers, dude. Mm -hmm. All those years they were going, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. yep. he was the MVP of the two thousand twenty World Series. Yeah, he's this freaking stud. Uh, by the way, that homer also one hundred and fourteen point five miles per hour off the bat. Wow. That is the hardest hit home run in World Series stat cast. Dude, dude. 
One thing I love about Seager, and I talked to my yeah. son Jake about this, is like you, you go back to this series when he had five walks against the Astros. I mean, the great thing about Seager is he is calm aggression to the, you know, to the umpteenth degree. This guy is ready to hit from the jump. A ton of his home runs, a ton of his balls this postseason are on the first pitch, but yet he's selective. So how do you do that? You ask. Obviously, you didn't ask Chinch, but I say, I how did you I'm do it? Now. Ask it now. Okay. Dude, I think he does such a good job of hunting his zone. He looks for he wants he wants the ball up. He's no doubt hunting the fastball because you don't get on top of some of the balls he's got on top of if you're not hunting the fastball. But visually, he does such a great job. When it's not a fastball, but it's up, he lets it travel to the point where he can get in the great contact zone and deliver it, man. He's hit so many balls that have been hard this postseason, even if when he doesn't get, get hit. So pay attention. If you throw him a strike first pitch up, he's swinging. Anything off the plate or down, usually he's taken. Just, well, he's such a threat right now. That. He's so locked in. That game-tying home run the other day, it was supposed to be – that pitch was supposed to be six inches higher than it was, and it was still at the top of the zone, and he still yeah. crushed it. But that's a great point. Let's sit, yeah. let's just let's sit on Seager for a second because he's showing off. He's showing off big time, dude. Because it wasn't just it's not just hitting home runs. That play he made in the back end of the game, sliding to his left, and what are he backhanded to just, just a pro, hardcore, great shortstop play, right? It, dude, and and it stopped something because Chapman was kind of right. grinding there. He'd given up a couple hits. Um, you know, he was really laboring through. And then I don't know who, who hit that ball. Do you remember? Was it? Oh, good question. Was it Tommy Pham or was it? I can't remember who it was. Christian Walker. Somebody hit a rocket. Yeah. And and uh, Seeger makes that diving play to his left. Bare hands it, flips it to Simeon. Now Simeon's got a oh, cannon too. Wait, real quick. It was Marte, and it was 114 miles per hour how hard he hit that. Okay, there you go. Oh, there so Cattell go. Go. Marte hits 114 miles per hour bullet, which, you know, not everyone makes this play. Corey oh. Seager, unbelievable job. Stepping a dive to his left, almost like he's playing third. Stepping mm -hmm. dive to his left. Grabs the ball with his hand, shuffles it through the backhand. Simeon coming across, bam, they barely get it. Yeah, and Marte can fly. So yes. it just was an incredible play. And it, it, got, it, it, it got Chapman off the hook because he was – you could see that – you could have seen that inning. If that ball gets through, that inning unravels for Chapman. Yeah, I really I, believe that. Dude, actually, I was thinking about this last night. I didn't bring this up to you this morning before we came on. But watching baseball, like, we take for granted how good – how good hitters are at baseball because they show that like behind home plate angle. Araldis Chapman is one of the biggest human beings in the world. He's not so just big. tall and lanky. He's, tr he's enormous. He's yeah. one of the most jacked dudes in the game. He's coming at you with this arm. That's just like <laughs> rubber. And like he threw one breaking and he throws a breaking. He throws 104 and a breaking ball. And he can actually lose games and blow saves because that's how good hitters are of hitting a baseball. I could not imagine. By the time he releases a ball at 102 miles per hour, it's probably like six feet into into the 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 towards the plate, and the reaction time. And people can actually hit hit him. No, it's amazing. It fascinating how great baseball players hand eye coordination. 
concentration, discipline. Yeah. So that somebody like Araldus Chapman actually can give up the pitch. Run, can give up hits. Right. And, and he's not Mariano Rivera. That's what just makes Mariano Rivera such a freak that like he well, could sustain it so long. Well, dude, Mo Mo was amazing. Rivera was amazing. And then I'll go back to Chapman. Was amazing because you knew a cutter was coming and and you just still could hit it. Real quick story before we get back to Chapman. Go, so go. You, you got you got me on Mariano. So one day in 2007, bro, we're, I'm, uh, I'm on the bench. I'm not playing that day. I'm like, oh, it's a nice day off. Yankee Stadium. You can just chill, watch a game. And then Leland's like, hey, Case. He's like, you're going to lead off against Mo. I'm like, ah, so what's the right day off? You know what I mean? This is, right. is, is going to be trouble. So, dude, I go up there. I go up there. Let me, let me, get, let me grab a bat. Nice. You have plenty to choose from there. Got my Will Clark back. Got my Will Clark back. All right, perfect. I go, I go up there, bro, and I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm going to step in the bucket right here. Like, I'm just going to – what that means is I'm going to take my front foot, I'm going to swing it to the right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ambush this cutter because I know he's throwing it right. Because what's crazy is visually when you face a guy like Mariano Rivera, it looks like at like 56 feet it's a four seam fastball. It's the weirdest thing. So your eyes, your, he tricks your he tricks your vision. So your eyes go, oh, it's the first four seamer Mariano Rivera's ever thrown. Ever I'm gonna ambush life. this, <laughs> and then it starts cutting in on you. It's gonna hit you in the stomach, right? Oh. So, dude, it happens. First pitch, I'm like, I step in the bucket. You know, I step open. I'm like, oh my god, I did it! I was like, I'm this thing's the he's throwing me a force here. I'm going deep here. <laughs> so, dude, I, right when I go to commit, freaking thing starts chasing me. Change, it, it's coming right at my chest as a heat-seeking missile. I'm like, <laughs> sweet Jesus! I'm like, yeah. if I don't hit this ball, I'm gonna be rushed to the hospital. That's where I was at. <laughs> so, dude, I've already committed. I'm open. I turn. I hit this ball, dude. I hit it. It literally hit me in the chest. Oh I hit one of the furthest balls I've ever hit. It goes over the Yankee dugout. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's hit so far foul. It goes over the Yankee dugout to the upper deck, to the top row of the upper deck, dude. Stop. Just misses going out of Yankee Stadium. Foul. I mean, it would have been great to say I hit a ball at Yankee Stadium, but I didn't want to say I hit it 30, 300 feet foul. Like to the right, it was actually bad hitting. So next thing I know, I'm like, oh man, that was that was a great game plan. But you know, the cutter kind of got me. Okay. So dude, next pitch, I do the same thing. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna ambush the cutter. I step in the bucket. Didn't even know he had it, bro. Mariano Rivera throws me a, a two seam fastball, a sinker. Oh, that's not fair. Did you even know he had that? No, that's not fair. That he I mean, 93 mile an hour sinker, dude. I broke my bat. He breaks your bat either way. Right. Just. Off the end, 15 hopper back to him, bam, I'm out. I went back to Leland. I said, thanks for the at-bat. It worked out great for me. Thanks for, the, <laughs> thanks, for the day, thanks for the day off, Skip. That was awesome. That's amazing. I, I have one quick, let's real quick, uh, Larry Boa story, because remember he was the third base coach for the Yankees. and you know, Yeah. yeah. He told a story to us once in, the, in, a, in a production meeting where he said him and Tori and those guys, they're, they're, they come to uh, – spring training and somebody handed him a piece of paper and they're like we're a little worried about mo if you notice over the past few years his strikeouts have gone substantially down so we're worried it's a mechanical thing this or that and bo you know bo was like people are stupid what are you talking about because towards the end of his career he didn't even have to he didn't worry about strikeouts it was almost like break somebody's bat is cooler than a strikeout and so his strikeouts the reason he was so sustainable for so many years was that he stopped throwing so many pitches. He would just throw three cutters, 
and give it a shot. Give it your best yeah. shot. And nobody yeah. kicked him. It's amazing. It was anyway, incredible. So it back was to incredible. Chapman. He did. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. back to Chapman, dude. And you go back to uh, the at-bat against Corbin Carroll last night. Mm. Carroll's putting a great at-bat on him. He's hitting 100, 102. Carol, um, Chapman hits him. I think it was a 2-2 slider, dude. Right at him. Oof. And up. And I've been there before, dude. You it, Now it gets scary because you're like, is this coming at me? And he kind of buckles, and it's a slider, not a fastball. And bam, you know, Carroll takes insane. it. And as you're watching, you think, wow, man, how did he take that pitch? Dude, That's- being in the box with a guy that throws that hard, and then he could drop a slider on you like that, it just – it's almost not fair because not it's fair. like your 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 vision yeah. just can't react in, in in time if it's a nasty one like that. But it is incredible that these guys at the big league level can hit guys like Chapman. But they see them a lot. They see guys throwing a hundred nowadays. It's not like you know it's not that big a deal. And also Chapman too. Chapman has a uh, you know gets himself into trouble nowadays. You know you know right. doesn't get up on guys. Kind of uh, effectively erratic and get a lot of a lot of hitters end up getting into good good uh, hitter leverage counts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, good stuff there. All right, well, yeah. let's do a little spin forward here because I always feel like game four is always – it's always just such a huge game in, in, in these series because you don't have – you know, you, your bats need to do well and the guys you're throwing out on the mound need to do better than the guy who's on the other side of the mound, right? We, we've right. gone through three games. You got your three eights, you know, your one, two, three that you built to get you to the World Series – and now we got Heaney and uh, Joey M for the uh, yeah Mantiplast. Yeah, what's our? Uh... Well, I think I think you might see. You know, they're going to try and stretch Heaney a little bit. I you know I right. think I think if Heaney gives if Heaney gives Boach four, mm-hmm. that's a win. I think. Okay, there you go. And you know Mantiply, you know if he could get if he could give Tory Lavello three. I think that's a win. I think this is going to be a bullpen game today. Interesting. You know, I think they're going to, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're, there's going to be a short leash on both these guys. Right. And I think both managers are going to, you know, not be, they'll be quick to get to that bullpen. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this. We didn't really go, like, how freaky is it that the Rangers have not lost a road game in the postseason? Like, that's, like, bizarre, right? I don't even think you could – you can't, like, give me analysis as to why that happens. It's just – it's one it just, of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in, in baseball. It just does, man. I don't know who what, – what it is. I think Corey Seager just said, hey, we're trying to win games whether we're, we're at home or at, on the road. Yeah. But it's true. I remember with the Reds in 1999, we'd call us the uh, Little Red Road Machine or something like that. We, <laughs> we dominated on the road. We were right around 500 – at home or a little over 500 we won 96 games but we go on the road and dominate people yeah so i don't know it's i think it's more of a just a coincidence thing tell you the truth plus they actually they played in some hitter friendly ballparks too right you know like anybody can win a game in uh uh in houston i feel like they have the power to win games in houston so they go to houston and you know whatever it is what it is The, the scary thing that's going on right now is uh it looks like Garcia is going to go, it says, will undergo imaging on his left torso after grabbing it. That's tough, man. Your torso is everything about hitting a baseball, isn't it? Kiss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, wait, say the chance you broke up for a second there. Say that again. Uh, it's saying Garcia will undergo imaging 
on his left torso. So what does that mean? Like an X-ray? Oh, okay. Imaging on his left torso. Yes, maybe like a maybe an oblique, oblique or something like that. Yeah, that would be that would be devastating. That'd and be, that would be his front you, side pulling. Yeah, that would not be good. A baseball bat with a. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Even oblique. the fact that you're going for imaging is not a good thing. So. Yeah. Now, do they? Do they? I'm not gonna say like like I'm not saying shoot you up, but like, can you? Can you take medicine? To kind of give yourself a few days to get through an injury like that, or is that an impossible thing, or something that's like really not? Well, if it's a muscle to do, yeah, I think early on, if it's a muscle, it's kind of tough. It would, yeah. it might be tough, and I'm sure he's going to do everything he can. The, that training staff will do everything they can with anti-inflammatories, with stem, with ice, all that stuff. But like a fresh injury like that, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but I, we, we, I, we, I always say this too. Hey, you got the whole off season to heal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This says if uh, if the imaging discovers a core muscle strain, that usually requires more than a week of recovery. But Bochy said they're optimistic, and they will know more. We'll know after you guys see this. You'll know this early evening, probably how he's yeah. doing. It. It's probably that image is maybe a precautionary thing more yeah. than anything. Right now, the other thing is like Scherzer tweaked himself a little bit now you're looking at you don't you you hope you win it before you get to a game seven but you might not have max scherzer for the rest of the series and he dude he start he looked like we talked yesterday about first start right. junk second start he started looking a little better he looked darn good yesterday man that's a, yeah. that's a bad uh, if he can't come back that's that's huge for them because he yeah, Scherzer started to look good. Like yeah, like we said, you get to that third start back. You know, now you're kind of starting to get into a groove. Now you're really back. So, you know, for him to come out with a little was it back injury? That's that's yeah. uh, that's kind of a yeah. Hopefully he's gonna heal. He'll be okay to come back. But that's definitely a uh, definitely a shot for uh, for yeah. the Rangers to lose him. Yeah, Ch hang on one second. Macy's barking outside. Hang on one second. Okay. There goes Macy. Crazy enough, me and Sean both have dogs named Macy. Unbelievable. I don't know what he's doing outside, though. Go to your bed. She's Mace likes to go outside after a walk and she sits on the porch, but you're right. She's it's too cold. She's out there barking. She's like, all right, bring me in. Watch me. <laughs> didn't realize it was, didn't realize it went from uh, 80 to 30. It's cold there too, huh? No, it's freezing. Yeah. No, that's terrible. All right. Hey, let's move on to one more thing. A guy, you know, fairly well now, Aaron judge, Roberto Clemente award winner, man. How are we feeling? Clap it up. That boy judgy, that boy judgy, you know, First off, congratulations to Judge. You, you know, all the things he does in the community. Obviously, his foundation that he runs is incredible. I, I always say this, man. You know, I had a conversation with Judge one day, and we were talking about sometimes how tough it is. You know, listen, at the end of the day, it's like when I play with Griffey. You know, Griffey never left his hotel room because it's like you become a prisoner of your own fame, and mm -hmm. Judgey's kind of there too. Uh, which I think it gets frustrating at times for those guys. You know what I mean? And I remember having a conversation with him and I said, you know what? You, your talent though, and who you are as a human being, although it hurts you socially for now, it definitely 
impacts you impact so many people because of who you are and the human being that you are there's nothing better for me i i'm I'm sure that whole coaching staff would say there's nothing better than when your best player is also your best person because that's a natural born leader right there so for judgy to win the clemeni award man that i mean he epitomizes what roberto clemeni was all about giving back uh helping others impacting people you know, and that's what Judgey's all about. So I'm so proud of him. He's so, so deserving of this, man. And and I'm just, uh, he's everything you think he is and more, man. Aaron yeah. Judge is the real deal. And for him to be, uh, have the status that he has, the humility is still at, at, a, at such a high level. Yeah, he was so great in his press conference yesterday. Two lines that stood out to me. One, he was saying that... Uh, he was uh he was working out with his wife and and Jason Zillow the PR guy called and he's like yeah Zillow's the best he's like can you sit down like I just I just got some big news for you and then Judge thought they they were making a huge trade <laughs> and he's like oh my god what did they do who they trade what's happening and then the second thing he said which you can probably appreciate because I'm sure you have the same kind of uh the same kind of feeling for all the charity work you do he said I had to call my mom as soon as it was over yeah. because she won this award she basically won this award with me all the stuff she does with my charities you know and think about how much your family you do the the uh the miracle league how how much support do you have from your family and sarah and everybody being a part of the of that kind of like you know that kind of uh human interest type stuff and caring about the people around you yeah no it's a big deal man it's it's it's, it's a big deal you know i love that he called his mom and dad who, you know, to talk about them too, they're incredible people. Yeah. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's at the end of the day. So, you know, if I, I, I remember after meeting Judge, you know, those first couple of days, I was like, I can't wait to meet this guy's parents. And they were as advertised. They're just really good people, really caring people. Um, uh, you know, a couple of times his mom, I can't remember where we were. Um, that his mom had some people out on the field for the charity. You know, they wanted the contest and they were, you know, out, couldn't meet Judgey on the field, but his mom was there. And obviously his mom does so much for his foundation. Um, so it was just, it's just uh, it really cool. They're, they're, they're good people. His dad too was a, you know, old school basketball coach, kind of oh, a hard nose. Yeah. Yeah. So you see like Judgey was, you know, meant his mental toughness, one of the toughest dudes on the team. And the toughest dudes ever probably to play the game. That's why he's so good. And that's why he's such a good hitter and player and so consistent. But you can see, you know, where he got that from, where his dad is, you know, is at that level of like, you know, just a man's man, tough guy, you know what I mean? Play yeah. looking for the pick and roll rather than the three pointer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. When you had me out uh, on your first home game with the Yankees, me and Jess were hanging out, uh, in a tunnel before you guys came out after the game, and I got to sit with Anthony Volpe's parents, and I was like, "Oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> incredible These people are adorably sweet, <laughs> nicest people, and so is their son. And incredible people too. The Volpe's Volpe's yeah, were the so best, sweet. man. Yeah, and such. By, sweet. by the way, Volpe's dad looks like he could play a little bit right now. Like, yeah, right now, he's yeah, and they're both doctors, dude. They're both like super right. smart. Yeah, they're they're both doctors, and their son's a major league baseball player. You know, how cool was that, man? Being the coach and seeing the parents of the the players like you were the kid and yeah. your parents were like the parents of the kid playing baseball and now you're like the wily yeah little silver silver fox hair style and, and you've grown <laughs> up in a room talking to the parents who were like 
you know, you're, but dude, I got a tw- I got a 22 year old son and a 20 year old son. These kids that were on a lot of the kids that were on the team were 22, 20, so they could be my kids. So, I, you know, you navigate, you navigate accordingly as a coach. You really do, and you, and you also too as a parent, you also know that you know, hey, you're in it for these guys to be better men, to be better players, you know, all that stuff, better teammates. But you know, it's definitely you definitely do take a parent role, parent coach role because you know, you're you're old enough to be these kids' parents. That's so it's amazing. It's an amazing situation, man. If somebody was yeah. talking one of the players was talking about uh it might have been Scherzer and he was talking about he's like, This kid is this and this kid is that and I and I'm watching it and I'm like, Man, it's so crazy because I remember, I remember when Max Scherzer was the kid. A kid in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once it got to the, yeah, in, in Arizona, yeah, he's probably 22 years old. You know, yeah. shit. like we, like yeah. 22 years old. But <laughs> it is what it is. Um, all right, man. So we got that. We, we got that out of the way. It's Halloween. You, you oh, yeah, dude. Well, I'm, I got to go out now because the, the, I, I'm not going to be the house that doesn't have the big candy bars. So I'm going to uh, go right now and raid like Rite Aid, Walgreens. And see if I can get the big Snickers bars. I'm gonna get the big Snickers, the big Butterfinger. What else? What should I get? You think? Snickers is my favorite. I don't know if the kids like. I mean, is that like an old man candy bar? I don't know if the kids like Snickers anymore. Oh wait, man, Snicker really satisfies you. That's the best one. I used to actually use that as like a like a mid afternoon snack if I needed something. You get a little chocolate, you get peanuts in there. It's it's nutritious. Not it's not. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. (laughs) I'm a big. I don't know. What should you get? Oh, dude, do, you know, do you know what my favorite candy bar is? Hundred hundred grand. No, wait. You're Snickers, the one? <laughs> Snickers is one hundred grand too, with like the caramel and the um, and the uh it's got like the rice krispies on it with some chocolate. Really? You know you know what my favorite is? It's not it's not non conventional. Remember whatchamacallit? Oh dude, whatchamacallits were the best and the commercials that's, were the best too. Whatchamacallit? Yeah, whatchamacallit? That that was that's my favorite. I'm I'm a Reese's peanut butter cup junkie. Really? My dad's a Reese's peanut. We come back. I used to get pissed off, though. You know, we come back with a big bag, come back from school the next day, all my Reese's peanut butter comes to be gone, and I'd have to go right to my mom. Mom, where's all my Reese's peanut butter? Oh, your father ate him. Your father ate him. He's a bird. He's a bird. He's a hoot. You're a hoot. We, we, wrote, we wrote down Joe and Casey isms the other day, me and my daughters and Sarah. It was so fun. We had, we had a whole list of them. Oh, hold on. I'm going to look real quick. Best candy bars, just so I can refresh my memory. Butterfingers are good, too, bro. I'm a big Butterfinger guy. Not everybody is. I think Milky Way's a joke. You got nothing inside it except for nougat. No, Milky Way's good, dude. Frozen Milky Way. Oh, frozen one? Okay, that's a different yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge oh, oh, dude, dude. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth's. Do you like Baby Ruth? I, I like, like dude, the Ruth. big peanuts. I do like. I like the peanut and chocolate combo. I think we're both. And what about Reese's Pieces? Reese's Pieces, I like in a handful, but like I always make the mistake. I see them at the movie theater. And I'm like, I'm gonna get Reese's Pieces. But then once you're done with like one full handful, I'm like, they I make you know. sick. They start, they, dude, they start messing with your gut. You're like, oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. All right, wait, hold on. Let me real quick. What else we got here? Oh, this person ranks Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bar 17. You're a disaster. <laughs> Nestle's Crunch is all right. I don't love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Almond Joy. Almond Joy. Mounds, good, mounds. Almond Joy, I'm a huge fan of. That was my <sighs> mom. my mom would eat almond joys. Do you like, like almond joys or mounds better? I think I'm more of an almond joy guy because okay, I do yeah. like I like the coconut. Look the crunch. I'm a coconut guy. Uh, let's see. This guy is Snickers, five Milky Way toys, Reese's peanut butter cups. 
Oh, Kit Kat? I like a Kit Kat. I like Kit Kat. Oh, no, Twix, oh. dude. Twix. 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 Good. Twix is good. Anything with caramel. What I'm realizing, dude, I'm a caramel junkie. Anything with caramel in it makes yeah. it so much better. So Kit Kat's good, but it's just kind of like that cookie crunch. Yeah, and it's over. Yeah, but, but, but Twix, bro, they got that layer of caramel that's so bad for you because it's so perfectly yeah. laid. I'm like, what's in this that keeps the caramel perfectly laid on this cookie? <laughs> that's a great point. Do you like the candy side of things like dots and uh, chuckle? You know what? That kind of stuff. The only two things I used to really like, Sour Patch Kids oh, and Lemonhead. Yeah. Lemonheads, dude. Oh, no. Lemon you, I can't do either. Dude, I was a Lemonhead junkie. Oh, it's making me my mouth water right dude, now. Dude, I would get a bag at Lemonheads at South Hills Village over here in Upper St. Clair. Biggest bag ever at like the candy store. Then mm. shove it down my pants and walk into the movies. Cause you know, you could you get the lemonheads at the movies. They give you a box oh, this yeah. big. There's a bag. Too. There's yeah, there's a bag this big. It's like eight bucks. I'm like, you kidding me? I can get eight thousand lemonheads at the candy store, put them in my pants. <laughs> get <into> the- <laughs> Are you a Twizzler guy? I used to be. I'm not a huge Twizzler guy. I kind of like red vines better than Twizzlers. You know, red vines, you can peel them off a little. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Nice. I'm not really a candy guy. It's, it's, I don't really have I'm a sweet tooth, dude. I'm, I'm not I'm a candy savory. guy. Either. I'm savory. Yeah. Give me, I'd rather I'm, have like a meatball parm than a, a bag of candy. <laughs> oh, me too, dude. Me too. I, the only thing, I, I do like gel- little gelato every once in a while and, and like, like some ice cream. Like, like soft serve ice cream with some rainbow sprinkles and some freaking uh, side of rainbow sprinkles. Oh, I yeah, keep pouring them on. We got a Cold Stone Creamery around here. You do oh, those are good, dude. Uh, every. What's like, your favorite Blizzard? I don't do Blizzards, man. But what if you did? Lame. You don't do a Blizzard? I did, no. you, you never got a Blizzard back in the day? I don't day? think I've ever had a Blizzard in my life. Oh, come on, dude. Are you serious? Fact. I used to get root beer floats when I was a kid. That was, that was What? Dude, what is I'm this, 1950? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a Blizzard guy. I'm. Oh, dude, I, I will say this. I'm a milkshake guy. Okay. okay. The, like, which is my, my mom and dad are milkshake people. They're like, oh. Shawnee, have you been down to this new milkshake place? In dude, 19? Tom's Diner, which is the diner from Seinfeld, is two blocks away from Columbia University, where I went to college. They have something called a Broadway shake. Yeah. It's not vanilla, it's not chocolate, and it's not coffee. But they give you a shake. It's like, like seriously got to be like in an eight ounce or in eight to nine inch cup, which is just, it's metal. And it's like the cup is freezing. That's the the bet. When they do it in the metal, you know, you're at a diner. Dude, unbelievable. I used to get a, uh, I used to get a, a bacon cheeseburger deluxe fries extra crispy a water and a broadway shake and you dip the fries i used to dip the fries in the broadway shake dude <laughs> that sounds incredible is that place still there tom Steiner, yeah it's still there dude, dude. it's still there i want to go don't... there i want you and i to go there when i come back dude let's go there they, they also you know in, in seinfeld they, they have the joke about the big salad the inside of Se- the, the, where they shot they didn't shoot it in the diner it's just the ex- exterior so yeah but the diner, they have uh, the big salad. There's a, there's an episode of, uh, of Seinfeld where Elaine orders a big salad and, and uh, I don't know, her and what's his name get into a fight over who paid for it or whatever. But they have a big salad. It's the biggest salad. It was the first salad where I remember you could like, they're like, oh, you want mozzarella? You want this cheese? Do you want yeah, nuts yeah. in it? Whatever. And the thing was like this big. It's huge bowl. That's what all the girls would get in college. Well, me and my boys were just 
putting French fries in, 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 in milkshakes. Jeez. I don't know how I don't weigh 290 pounds in, 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 in high school or college. Dude, because you, you're, you're, you're working out all the time with baseball. Metabolism was at an yes. all-time high. Yeah. There's a great line by Adam Sandler in Big Daddy where he's like, let's go to uh, McDonald's for breakfast. And the kid's like, I don't want McDonald's. He goes, do it now. Do it now. And he goes, at my age, if I have a milkshake, my ass jiggles for a week. <laughs> that's a brilliant line because that's, that's what happens. So true. <laughs> stomach. Anyway. All right. Well, this is going to be right. hungry. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, that was that was good. That was a good way to end it. I'm thinking about making myself a milkshake here, Sam. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right, brother. Love you. Have a great rest of the day, everyone out there yeah. listening. Thanks for listening. Oh, we'll yeah. see you guys tomorrow. Yeah. It's game four. Here we come. <laughs>